I've been in your sanctuary before, and it's beautiful. I'm glad to be here. I want all of you to realize that when there's transition in a minister's life, it is exciting. It's, uh, it fires up that passion within the minister. And I just wanted to check. Everybody can see me okay? Hi. <laughs> Uh, beloved saint, her name's Mary. When she was shorter than me, she'd say, Pastor, are you standing up or sitting down? <laughs> uh, I really never thought that was funny, uh, but uh, she, had a, she had a great time with it. <laughs> this morning, as I come to you as a, a, a part of the staff, I want you to all feel that you can call me Jim. Um, I am retired, so sometimes I will be asking, does anybody know of a farm pond where I can go fishing? Uh, and yes, I'll come visit you, and then I'll go fishing. So think about that. Um, this morning as I open, I would like to say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. That's from Psalm 19, 14. Years and years and years ago, uh, my granny Wade, her name Maple, was praying for me to become a pastor. If I'd known that, I, it would have it would have scared me. Uh, she prayed for me to become a pastor because I was such an honorary red-headed little kid. <laughs> Years after she had passed, one of my aunts shared that with me. And it made me realize, because I'd already been a been, been pastor for years when they finally got around to telling me that it was my grandma Wade's fault. And this morning, we're dealing with Paul as a letter writer, and he, he wants us to know something more about walking with integrity. He wants us to understand, like John Wesley used to teach also, that our faith is most practical. Most practical. Because we need to keep our relationship with each other and our relationship with God, and our relationship with the indwelling Holy Spirit, we need to stay on track. And so, my helper with slides can put up my train. That's one train picture. See the trains on track? I can hardly see it up here. Yeah. But then the other one, that white dot way back there, that's the Amtrak engine's light. They came to pick up my wife and I in Sebring, Florida. We'd saved up for years. It was on our bucket list. Does everybody have a bucket list? It was on our bucket list that we wanted to go on a train journey. So that train is coming. We got there about an hour early for the train. And the train was late. Amtrak, I think, is always but the train was late, but when it stopped, they had all of us, there were about 10 or so people, I didn't count, 
which is unusual because pastors count people all the time. But we got on that trip. We got on there in just a few minutes. And we, we got the deluxe package. We had so much fun. We got on the train in Seabreed. 24 hours later, we changed trains in downtown New York City. My first time in New York City. But we were only a few hundred feet below the surface under at Penn Station. How many of you have been to Penn Station? Ah. Uh, I can't get so busy. It's like everybody everywhere. We were there for a couple of hours, and then we got on another train and went to Providence, Rhode Island, where friends picked us up. And then we went to a place called Sippa Whipsit, Massachusetts. Everybody, can everybody say Sippa Whipsit? No, you can't say it the first time you hear it. We went there, and I walked out on the boardwalk to see all the birds in the morning early. Froze to death in July. It was cold. We got on a boat, and we went way out into the North Atlantic, and we saw waves. That was what my wife wanted to see. My wife's Ellen. She's not here this morning. She has some health concerns like so many people. But we work together for the purposes of God, all of us. Even when I'm traveling, I kept saying, wow, these tracks are weird. Because when you bounce through the switches, they can almost throw you out of the upper bunk. I had an upper bunk. Six foot, I measured because I'm five six, and I know that something that's that high or a six foot tall. I have a six one or six two son, yeah, don't ask me how that happens. I have this tall son, and uh, I, it's a long ways down in the middle of the night. I'm not going to go any further details. Our faith is practical because it makes a difference in everything we do and say. Our faith is centered in Jesus Christ. And our salvation is through Jesus. The incarnation of God. Paul was a great missionary. Traveled, started the church, and then he'd uh, take off. And go start another church. We all realize in the book of Acts, the first few chapters talk about how the church grew and grew. Thousands of people a day became a part of the church. Until the authorities said, whoa, this is too much, and then they spread them all out. So when you read Rick Warren, just know that his approach to church growth is just a few chapters in the book of Acts. Church growth is about being aware that this practical faith that John Wesley teaches is for us as the people of the United Methodist Church. We are practical. And we understand that salvation is a gift from God. Everybody say, woohoo. <laughs> Heard they do that <laughs> We'll see how the other service does. I'll, I'll keep mental track. Who, who's, who's the best woohooers? Paul appealed to people to remember that those that were called to teach them about the faith is everybody. Just because I have a few years of experience does not necessarily mean that I know 
But I do know this. When I said yes to Jesus Christ, the Lord told me that I needed to be a teacher. And I said, oh no, Lord, I'm way too bashful. Perhaps you, you know that. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I really am bashful. We that are called is everyone. We're all a part of a royal priesthood. And Paul is teaching, uh, treat everybody with esteem, love, be, be, be at peace among yourselves, admonish the idol. In other words, encourage people. I'm here to encourage all of you that you are a part of the practical faith that needs to be shared with others. And that when we walk in integrity or when we go on great train journeys, we are still the people of God. And we need to be ready to tell the story. I'm holding a book right here. This is one of my favorite books in the whole world. From Genesis to Revelation, I'm going to guarantee you that every story is a true story. And is designed to help you grow and become a strong, courageous, effective disciple for Jesus Christ. And there's no other way to look at this book. This is our book. And we need to be dead sinner with Jesus Christ. The incarnation of God. When I said yes to Jesus, I knew that I had my ticket for the train that goes to glory, not the, not the uh, Amtrak that goes to New York City. We all have that ticket. I want to guarantee all of you that that ticket's sure. And after we said yes to Jesus, we understood that that's a free gift from God. And as we grew, we became more and more His sanctified child. We are the children of God. And as the children, of course, we are heirs. And as heirs, what do we have? Responsibility. The sanctified continue to grow. That's a John Wesley kind of approach. The translation I have here says something about being sanctified. For those of you that fill out a little paperwork, and I'm used to that. As a teacher, I always use fill in the blanks. And I always try to give my students enough of a, back, a hint. I try to lead them and guide them to correct answers. As you grow in the faith, your sanctification is perfected. And, as John Wesley taught, we all eventually are perfected in love. In life, we still make mistakes. In life, we goof up once in a while. In life, we forget things. So, one of the things I like to do when I first talk to a congregation is say, Hey, forgive me, I'm probably going to forget something. I'm probably going to make a promise, and I'm probably going to forget. I'm going to lose my calendar, or it gets washed in the laundry. Who knows? So everybody say, Jim, we forget. Jim, we forget. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you. Now, the three main things, keeping on track. We practice what we know. We are dedicated to 
Jesus Christ. The indwelling Spirit of God keeps us on track. We know that our faith and our salvation are guaranteed. It's, it's sure. But now there's a responsibility. Yes, nobody likes to know about that. Keeping on track, walking with integrity, is a good thing. It's nothing to be sold short. We need to be on track. Has anyone ever seen a train wreck on the television? Anybody ever seen a train wreck in person? I don't know why, but the train cars jump off of the things that are called trucks. Now, I don't have a picture of a train up here to show you, but the car sits on two sets of trucks most of the time. Unless you're the Ringling Museum in Sarasota, Florida, where the Ringling family's Pullman car has an extra set of trucks. It's a big train car. And they travel all over the United States. The car just jumps off the trucks. I don't know why. It's frightening, really. We don't want to have our train fall apart. We're in this together. I'm here as Pastor Kurt's helper. You can call me whatever you want. Mostly just call me Jim. Call me when you need me. I believe strongly that as a pastor, I have a job to do, and that is to minister to the point of need. So if you call me and say, I'm having surgery, I pray with you on the phone, I come see you, I see you at the hospital. Whatever you need, that's what I do. I minister to the point of need. And we all have needs from time to time. So do not be bashful. Don't be like me and be bashful, please. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is going to take good care of you. Paul also writes that God's grace is sufficient. And God's power is made perfect in weakness. I figured that's why I lost my hair and that's why I didn't grow up to be 6'2". Or even 6 foot like my father. It's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. It's not about the name over a door. And I do lift up the United Methodist Church. That's where I, that's where I live out my faith with others. Oh, I also teach art once in a while, which is my other profession. I also enjoy cooking, which was my other profession when I first graduated from college. I'm going to confess to you that I graduated from college with a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in Sculpture. So if you want to cast bronze or aluminum, if you want to build a burnout furnace for casting, I can do all that too. Uh, I don't know anything about EPA laws today, so we'd have to look up the laws and hire a gas guy to look it up. There are things that we can all do. And the important thing that we do is share Jesus Christ. We share. We do not have a secret faith. Our faith is most practical. Our faith is centered in Jesus Christ. And our lives continue to grow in sanctification 
And yes, I know that's a fancy word, but all of you understand it. To be set aside. To be set aside from the world. We're not greedy about money, although we, we need money always. That's how we pay our bills. That's what turns on the lights. People that walk with integrity pay their bills, so we have to figure out ways to earn some money. But we don't steal. We don't hurt others. And we walk with integrity and confidence. Confidence. That's what's important. Confidence and trusting in God's power to transform the world. And we don't transform the world for us. We transform the world for God. Everybody say amen. Amen. This church and Springbank Church together are on the edge of developing and experimenting. And I'm, I'm excited and passionate about this. We are on the edge of developing a way to work together with the isolated rural church where the population density has dropped and dropped and dropped to very low. There's very few people that live real close to Springbank United Methodist Church. Uh, you may have heard me say something about it, the historical significance of that small church. Edward Tippett, first governor of Ohio, founded that congregation in his barn on the banks of Deer Creek approximately 1798. A few years before that, Edward Tiffin, a medical doctor also, was ordained by Francis Asbury to be a circuit rider preacher. We understand that Jesus was important those 200-something years ago, and Jesus is still important today. I'm sure the words have changed some, and language use, and Bible translations have been updated. It's still all about Jesus being the center of our lives. God's forgiving grace has not diminished since Jesus died on the cross for all of us. His touch of the world is so important. We are a part of that. All of you are a part of a royal priesthood of believers. You have no reason to hold back. I'm going to share with you, it's not always easy to share Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes our bashfulness and our reluctance overwhelms us. We pray, which is one of the spiritual disciplines you need to practice many times a day. We read our Bibles, which you need to practice every day. We talk to each other in Sunday school. We have class meetings sometimes. That's the John Wesley approach to confessing your shortcomings with friends. It is important, and it will transform the world, and we will make a difference. Creation being transformed through the salvation that's poured out on the world through Jesus Christ. 
And all God's people said together, Amen. Thank you. Uh, what's next? Uh, the usher came forward. Oh, we have to, we have to gather some. We have to, I, just, just. <laughs>